Hey everyone, and welcome to Three's Company 2, a rewatch podcast. I'm your host, Joss Richard, and this is the podcast where every week I will be joined by a special guest who either loves Three's Company, hates it, or has never even heard of it, and together we'll review an episode of the classic sitcom. Today we're talking about Season 1, Episode 5, Jack the Giant Killer, and this is really special because I am joined by our first male guest. Oh. Yeah. First male guest. So big shoes to fill or no shoes to fill because um, (laughs) the first one. But Josh Moorhead is a writer who has had the honor to make contributions to the Biden campaign, LeBron James and the Looney Tunes, Pretty Little Liars, and the California Unemployment Office. His screen (laughs) addiction is as real as his passions for politics, comedy, and storytelling. Hi, Josh. Hey. (laughs) I am a... I didn't know I was going to be representing all men today. So <laughs> so I feel like I need to like lead with an apology on our behalf, just in general, just to set the table and then take it from there. Yeah. No, you are. You, you're setting the bar because now any other male guest after you is right, going to have to listen right. to this episode. Yeah, so. yeah. Also, for listeners, just want to say Josh and I have never like officially met and this is like our first time e-meeting meeting this could be like the most awkward thing or like the best thing ever <laughs> no it's gonna be great because i feel like i feel like it's eighth grade and i got invited to sit at the cool kids table wow. yeah See, just the honor washing over me yeah because no, i feel like i'm in eighth grade and a cool kid just got to sit with me so oh man look at this yeah, yeah. Finally, it, it took Three's company to finally, you know, <laughs> make our powers combine. So, okay, before we get into this episode, what is your knowledge of Three's company? My knowledge of Three's company is that when you asked me if I wanted to do this, and I, I said yes instantly, and then I told one of my best friends that I was going to do it, and then I was like, that's the one with Don Knotts, right? And she was like, no, <laughs> that is not the one with Don Knotts. Um, and that I was a little disappointed that wasn't one with Don Knotts, but it even made me more excited that I was coming to it so fresh. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Don Knotts is in Three's Company. He comes in later. He comes in season four. So your friend needs to come on the podcast and we need to... (laughs) Yeah, we need to vet her. Exactly. I don't think she's qualified to be saying that so confidently. I'll I'll have to go back and check the text. Maybe I said, is that the one with Don Knotts where he's an animated fish? Like maybe Mm -hmm. I accidentally said that, you know, and threw it all off. But um, that's good to know. Okay, I don't want to jump the gun. He replaces the Ropers. I was going to say, so did... Did one of the Ropers, like, die or something? On, on the show or in real life? No, like, like, in real life. No. I mean, it's no to both. But, um, oh, no, okay. they, they got a, a spinoff. We're happy for them. Oh, wait. What was their spinoff? The Ropers. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Makes too much sense. I swear I've been exposed to television before. <laughs> yeah. I... I mean, no one's judging you if you haven't seen an episode of The Ropers. <laughs> right. Okay. It's fine. Enough. So you, so you, you haven't really, you like knew what it was, but you haven't like watched any episodes. Yeah, no, I don't know how it like fell through the cracks, but obviously when I was younger, like I remember trying to force to stay awake until 8 PM when I was like very young. So I could see Get Smart, obviously um, like Happy Days was always in the mix and Odd Couple and Perfect Strangers. I realized that was more our era, but like Mm -hmm. I was watching all this stuff, but maybe Three's Company 
just wasn't getting rerun in the same way. Yeah, that's fair. We start off the episode with Janet and Chrissy, they're fixing a couch themselves. And right off the bat, I feel like there are like a lot of misogynistic jokes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the girl saying, oh, they need a man to fix the couch. And then Jack coming and saying he was following a girl on his bike ride and that he had to like fix her seat. I was like, oh, they're like going in full force here. Yeah, I completely agree. I was even from like needle drop of the episode. I was like, oh, whoa, like I traveled in time because like obviously the theme song is iconic, but I'd forgotten how like pornographic those first few notes are <laughs> like it's so uh, like it's like bow, bow, bow. like it's very tone setting and then poor Suzanne Summers when they introduce her it's like in the bathing suit juvenile ass first you know like I'm like this is very progr-. I was like was all like 70s TV that like uh brazen this show specifically was like risque even though all the stuff was happening like in retrospect in the 70s this was considered oh my god children cannot watch this show and that's kind of the vibe i was getting maybe that's why it wasn't rerunning when i was watching like happy days because happy days didn't have like richie's ass in the the theme song (laughs) you know getting (laughs) doused with water so like instantly i'm like okay this is pushing the envelope a little bit that's fun or interesting at least. And then to your point, like, I'm like, okay, this is how regressive it's all going to be when it Mm -hmm. starts. And they're like talking about like needing a man to lift furniture, but then they flip it. They're like, thank God we have a man. So we don't have to do the hard stuff we don't want to do. So it's not like we're weak. It's like, let's take advantage of these gender roles. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Jack enters and um, he was on a bike ride, as mentioned, was following some hot girl. Right. Fine. Casual. (laughs) Yeah. He helps them fix the couch. Okay. And I remember this scene as a child when he puts – so he puts all the tacks in his mouth. This stressed me out. Even though it's a joke, (laughs) it still stresses me out. That moment revealed how dumb I am because the note I took was – Oh yeah, I've done this before. Like you I'm put like, tax in your mouth? I was like, this must be like a caveman mentality thing to do where like you're nailing something and you don't wanna like it's always like the mouth hold. And I'm like, so I felt reassured that he did that. I was like, oh, me and the me and the Ritz, we got this. And then and then he's like, No, it was a bit. I'm not an idiot. So I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not going to put nails in my mouth from now on when I'm hanging things in my house. Wait, wait yeah. a minute. Okay, one nail I understand. Multiple nails? I've pushed to like three, I think. No, that's concerning. That's <laughs> yeah, scary. Not, not in, but you know, I was like, oh, okay. Like, I took it as a pet on the back. I was like, okay, yeah, this is what dudes do. And then obviously uh, not. <laughs> one thing though about the bike ride, that really Mm -hmm. threw me is like homeboy is wearing he's giving mr rogers a run for his money with the amount of layers he's wearing and i'm like this is not i was like you've already broken my reality because you don't go riding venice beach even in 1976 whenever this is in substitute teacher bell bottoms i was like this is this is kind of like tripping me out and i don't know if it's like we're having a heat wave right now and i just couldn't deal but uh his attire (laughs) Threw me a little bit for the bike riding. The chafing alone. Not only did he have these like bell bottoms, he was wearing a 
sweatshirt with like a dress shirt underneath. Yeah, he was wearing like layers like you would if you had run out of luggage and you're still trying to get everything onto a plane. <laughs> you know, like he was just wearing the closet, but uh, he was very composed doing it. So more points to him. Maybe um, it was a very short bike ride. He Maybe he was going to um, yeah. a job interview. We don't know. We don't know what he was doing. Yes. He was just going to be out there until he could help somebody. He got dressed to help that morning. Absolutely. Yeah, he, he wanted whatever woman he was approaching to know he was like, a, he was a Mr. Rogers presence. He's like, I'm not a creep. Look how many sweaters I'm wearing on the beach. But he does have, he has such like a, he just like instantly he comes into the scene, even if he's playing like, this role that's a little dated or whatever, like, you're like, I like this guy and I trust him. So he does have that presence about him. Yes, yes. He is a man that you could trust to live with two women and have nothing happen. Yes, yes. The next scene, we're downstairs and we meet mm -hmm. the Ropers. Oh, yeah. This is like the infamous back and forth with them where <laughs> Mrs. Roper is constantly talking about having sex and... <laughs> But there's this one line that she says, and she talks about wearing this like red see-through nighty. Roper, not into it. And she's like, you, whatever, you wouldn't notice if I came into bed wearing nothing. He's like, that's not true. I'd be the first to complain. I know. This man. I feel yeah. so bad for Mrs. Roper. I agree. It instantly, like, it made me think of like the humans behind those actors doing that week in and week out. Where like every time she gets a script, it's like, you're trash. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm like, she knows she's not. Like, she's not. like they're doing fine. But that's, um, you can feel the like, which I guess is intentional. Like the 20 year shift from like what's happening upstairs feels a little progressive. Mm -hmm. And what's happening downstairs feels like now we're back in the honeymooners or whatever. Right. Something that happened as I was watching this, because, you know, as um, as a society or whatever, we've kind of moved away from multi-cam sitcoms. It's just, like, honestly, the appreciation for the writing. Not mm. that joke, per se, when she was like, how would you like it if I came to bed in that? And he's like, what, the golf cart? I'm like, <laughs> that's obviously not a joke you would run with today, but, like, the construction. There's a science to joke writing for multi-cam. Mm -hmm. that is definitely present in the show and is like oddly comforting. Jack, Jan, and Chrissy, they decide to take a break from working on the apartment and they go to the Regal Beagle to grab a beer. And when they're at, when they're there, there's this, I don't think we know his name. I mean, he's like a sailor, a sailor man. He's wearing like a sailor hat. He looked like he walked off the set of the Batman show. Like he looked like he was like a Goomba from that that like just wandered into this set and they're like, oh, you're already a captain. That's cool. Like, are you, were you down by the docks for Penguin? Just stand in. Yeah. And this man is like your typical cocky, masculine, arrogant type. Yes. What's interesting about this scene is that, so you have that sailor man and his friend at the bar and then you have Jack, Jada and Chrissy at the table and Jack is explaining how men are just more dominant than women and how, mm -hmm. you know, like men need to be doing all of the work at home. Meanwhile, yeah. this man comes and 
like li- literally places himself on top of Jack. I don't know what do you even. Call yeah, that, that was right. <laughs> yeah, it looked more like he was coming on to Jack than he was coming on to uh, Chrissy. Suzanne Summers. Yeah, yeah. So he he kind of like shoves him over, and he's hitting on Chrissy, and Chrissy's not interested. She's saying like, whatever. Like I'm with him, and also when Chrissy tells this man I am with him. He, like, genuinely looks like he did not see two other people at that table. (laughs) He's like, him? Right, yeah. Not So not a very good captain, right? No, no. He has no no surrounding awareness, yeah. This guy um, essentially tells Jack about it. Jack's being very polite, by the way. Um, Very polite about it. Yeah. Yeah. The guy threatens to, quote, like, knock his teeth out and then jack doesn't do anything (laughs) yeah and it's just it's like okay jack doesn't do anything and what bothered me about this is that it got like awkward like the the two girls felt awkward after he did the more manly thing and i'm just confused because maybe again this is the 70s and like right you had to be you had to stand up for yourself but I was disappointed in Chrissy and Janet's reaction to him not wanting to fight that guy. Yeah, it did feel a little, even though this is my fifth minute of watching the show ever, it did feel a little inauthentic to them. And it felt like contrived because the show had to happen, right? Mm -hmm. Like the arc is what does or doesn't make Jack a man or tough. So they had to be a little pouty about it. But it didn't read it didn't read like their normal relationship, for sure. No, because yeah. even later in the episode, they're like, No, that's good that you yeah. didn't stand up to him. So it's like Totally. Bitch, why didn't you say that earlier? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I guess in the modern, like the easy sitcom solve in that moment is that like Jack doesn't do anything and uh Chrissy and Janet just like throw their drinks in the captain's face and then he runs out screaming. But then there's but then there's no uh, rest of episode. But it is like I guess it's just uh Three's Company is part of timeless themes. Because as I'm watching them, I was like, oh, that that is kind of relevant to debates we have today about what is the proper amount of masculinity or machismo or whatever, if you will. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and what is correct and what isn't correct. Like if I was at a bar with a girl and she got mad that I didn't want to like beat the shit out of somebody, that's probably more of a reflection on her than me. Like that should be a red flag for, yeah. but at the same time, like you don't want to be a wet mop as a dude either. So like, it was interesting to me that even the show in the seventies is like pulling at some of those threads with Jack. It's funny because there's so many themes that the show hits that like were progressive at the time. Yeah. But like now it's like, oh wait, that's still a thing and it's still a thing that we're battling. And like, actually no one has solved this. Every time that Jack's like, I really should just beat somebody up brutally or whatever. You're like, no, no, don't put on the red hat. Like that that's like the dark side. That is yes. Trumpism masculinity. That is, you know? Exactly. But Jack's not that guy. Jack's not that guy. He's not. But you know who is? Mr. Roper who enters. <laughs> yeah. He comes into the Beagle with Mrs. Roper and he orders a beer. He's beside the sailor man now and the sailor man bumps <laughs> into him. Okay, this was like funny to me when he's like, where all these stupid people come from? Stupid. He like, calls him stupid. <laughs> <I know. laughs> 
<laughs> also, like, a really, like, brazen way to enter a bar. Like, just I just want to try that once and see how that room reacts. Like, yeah, is he, like, a regular there? Because why would you be a regular there if you disdain all these people? Yeah, no, he is a regular. So it's it's just, it's also very ballsy, LOL. Yes, yes. <laughs> but to just be like, we're all these stupid people. Like, I could never say that. <laughs> no, no. I guess that's just uh, who, like, Big Lots Jack Klugman is, you know? Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. I was like, I was like, oh, this guy is, like, value meal Jack Klugman. And I, la- <laughs> I like that, like, vibe about him. He's also, like, vaudevilling so hard. Mm, like, everything yeah, yeah. about his performance is like, huh? <laughs> that was a good impression. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's got that whole tooth thing happening, you know? Yeah, the sailor man is quick to put him in his place. Yes, yeah, so he's like... Who are you calling stupid? And then Mr. Roper doesn't back down. And he's like, you know what? He's like, we just found a man in this bar. Like someone that sticks up for, t- took a turn. I don't know. So It really did. It really did take a turn. And Jack sees this, feels some type of way. And then yes. the, wait- the waitress comes and gives them their food. And she's like... So you two are the egg salad, and I believe you're the chicken. And that's like our act out, which is yeah. amazing. Like it's supposed to be the big laugh. In that moment, like kind of like tripped me a little bit because you feel like the audience is siding with the sailor man. Yeah. They're like, Jack sucks. <laughs> He's just gonna sit there and eat chicken. Like, you know, like the construction of it all is very bizarre. In the sailor man's place in all of it, because you're right. When uh, when the Mr. Roper comes in, he's like, this guy sucks. But then he's instantly like, oh, he was mean. He's a real man. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I like this guy. He thinks I'm an idiot. The next morning, Jack is really down on himself because mm. he was a coward. And there he has a few, like, good one-liners here. where he, So he's he supposed to cook. He's supposed to cook J- or show Janet how to cook. And he's like me. He's like, I couldn't even beat up an egg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The writers had fun. Yes, they did. And the one that I'm like skipping ahead, like half a page here in the script, but like the one that really got me where I think it was saying what it was saying is when he like accidentally goes into the bathroom and he's like, Mm -hmm. I couldn't even get a smile up today. Don't worry about it. I'm like, oh shit. (laughs) Like we're here. We are in Jack's pants and he We're in it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That egg moment though. I was like out on uh, on Janet at that point. Oh, it, really? it was weird, like I'm because I knew one of the questions for the podcast was like, which character is your favorite? So I'm yeah. kind of like monitoring the levels on all of them. It felt like she was like the third wheel. I was like, all of her storylines are like, we got to do chores, and then, like her whole like her cold character motivation at that point felt like I want to make eggs. So it felt like to me somebody like new to this that like what the show wanted to be or maybe in a modern retelling or something or in reality is that like jack and um suzanne sorry what's her show name chrissy chrissy thank you jack jack and chrissy like they very much have like a vibe and should be a thing and it's kind of like what's janet doing over here (laughs) you know but that improved by the end but at this point i'm like oh man they don't know what to do with this character they're just like having her not knowing how to unpackage cheese. Like that was, I was like, this is a little, I'm sure this actress is more interesting than that. Like, come on, you guys. Even Mr. Roper gets like a tooth. Okay, I need to, I need to 
pause for a quick second because yes. Janet, it's so funny you say this. And this is the consensus with all of the season one guests so far that oh, they are seeing they are seeing a Jack and Chrissy connection. Janet yes. is the and she is. She's written as like the straight woman. She's written as like, you know, Chrissy's like the dumb blonde. Janet's like, or Jack is like the the man, right? So and they need right, like right. that straight woman, which is Janet. But Suzanne, do you care about spoilers, Josh? No, no. Okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so for this 40-year-old show. Right, right. Suzanne, Chrissy, she leaves the show in <gasps> season four. And is Whoa. replaced, replaced twice, not as a like Aunt Viv Fresh Prince scenario. Sure, like, sure. They they get another roommate, but it is always Jack and Janet throughout the eight seasons. And the blonde wow. roommate is always replaced. So it's funny wow. that you say like Janet doesn't have a place because it very much becomes like the Jack and Janet show. That's really interesting. It explains a lot about me. You don't know if that was the intention at the beginning, right? Because Suzanne right, left right. for reasons like unforeseen circumstances. So like you don't know what yeah. they were trying to write. It became that Jack and Janet dynamic. It, yeah. It, like The chemistry really feels there um, mm -hmm. between uh, Suzanne and Ritter. And with mm -hmm. Janet, it feels like we're running the script. And I don't know right. if I was just being like hyper, but that's really interesting that she becomes – the anchor slow and steady wins the race you know she just stuck it out True. Yeah, with yeah, her yeah. egg storylines and her couch storylines mr roper comes upstairs because he's looking for his paper which this like weird x plot that they put in about like them like ruining his paper is just so unnecessary and it's so like unnatural you don't even see the coffee get spilled on the paper he just like he goes to talk to mr roper and he's like, I'm sorry I read your funnies, which I guess in the 70s was like a capital offense. Like it was like st stealing property or something. And he's like, hold on, I'll go get the rest. And like, they're just like, oh, like this was actually kind of regressive. They're like, oh, we're just two women. We can't be trusted with a coffee pot. Like coffee pots are so stout and sturdy. How do you spill an entire one on the newspaper? And uh, yeah, the, I, what I wrote down was like, it felt like they locked the draft and realized they were going to be two minutes short on the episode. And then they like turned to their writer's PA and were like, what was that paper thing you said? Like <laughs> that you keep bringing up for like two seasons and we keep telling you it's really dumb. It doesn't make any sense. Like we're going to run it now because we need to fill 80 more seconds. So we're just going to put in this like, paper thing that has nothing to do with anything just to fill this airspace you're probably on to something because that paper it does not come back there is really no, no point in this no. paper scene yeah aside from him coming upstairs that was like his purpose for coming upstairs so he's upstairs and then jack maybe this is kind of what leads to it jack's like oh i'm sorry i'll make it up to you i'll take you out for a drink at the beagle oh, right. which like yeah. okay we had to somehow get there. And I guess that paper was the way to get to that line. Yeah, but okay, so I thought I was so smart. And maybe this shows that I'm not the writer, but I want to be to think that I am. Because like, they're they're harboring on this tooth stuff, right? From right. from the moment we go on with the, the Ropers. Uh, but most Mr. Roper's tooth is driving them crazy. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, we're setting up that the sailor man is gonna knock Jack's teeth out. Watch mm -hmm. out, this dude 
is obsessed with dislodging teeth from people's <laughs> craniums. Like that's his whole shtick. Cause he like says it a few times. And I'm like, yeah. oh, I love where this is leading. In act three, we're going to get to like Jack gets in the fight with him and like ducks and the, and he, he hits and the sailor act and the sailor hits Roper and dislodges his tooth and is like, problem solved. That is a good theory like that would be a good way to take the episode because and I purposely did not mention the tooth because there's no there's no reason not that not that I didn't think it was important but I was just like okay like we don't really this doesn't get resolved really yeah like because it's in every scene every time he's every time Mr. Roper's there when he's not lamenting his wife (laughs) is super pissed about his tooth. So he's a man of many problems. The tooth thing just never goes anywhere. And I felt, yeah. I literally wrote down, I was like, I would bet all the money I have that his tooth is getting knocked out by the end of this episode. So I think I have to like wire transfer you my life savings because I, 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 I lost that. Well, it just ends with Mrs. Roper being like, we got you a dentist appointment. And that's <laughs> so like practical. the end. Maybe. At one point, the episode did end in that Nickelodeon Keenan and Kel, like, whoa, 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 where this tooth thing punched out. But whatever director they had that week was like, no, we need some reality in the show. <laughs> uh, we need some verisimilitude. What if we What if we just got him a dentist? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, okay, whatever. Oh, my God. I, I also Sorry, I took us on this whole tooth tangent. Oh, no, I love a tangent. Love a tangent. Yeah. But if the, if the Sailor Man punch Roper, he would, like, properly be – concussed like i don't even think it would be funny like it would be like really bad you're right we you're right we would see his uh spirit leave his body (laughs) yeah like on camera i don't think like we would be able to handle that man like punching roper to the point where his tooth is gone maybe that was the note maybe that was the note yeah yeah you're right. Also, I was getting this. Okay, so how old is everyone supposed to be? Great question. So in real life, the actor, like the three roommates, yeah, are like yeah. between ages like 28 to like 31 at this point. The characters are true to their real life ages. And then the Ropers, yeah. who I would say, are in their, their late 50s. Wow, yeah. So see, like, I think, I don't know if you agree or not, but when you watch them now, they read like 80? 70s or something yeah 80 like old and even in like the trio they don't look that old but they're presenting like 40s or something and i think it's just because of like the youth that we've retained now Mm. that like tom cruise is 62 and looks like that in top gun and i wondered if it was one of the like have you seen that meme that's going around lately where it's like the cast of cheers and it's saying how old they are and they're all like 32 but they look like the grave and you're like what was going on then so i wondered if that was the case with mr roper where he was actually like 36 oh my <laughs> god like, yeah i agree with you i watch this and i'm like why are there so many sex jokes i mean i don't know how often senior citizens have sex but like <laughs> I, I'm nor just do we like, want to really necessarily like, yeah. i don't want to picture that like like yeah I guess if you're in your 50s like this is a normal conversation to have with your husband or wife but it's just like I just thought this was like a 70 year old who was like really like down (laughs) she's just trying to get in one last ride you know just trying to (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, there are like spider webs under her muumuu. You're right. And and she's wearing the damn muumuu all the time. You know, it's like, I know you could do better than that. Mr. Roper, they're talking about going to the Beagle. Mr. Roper says, oh, I heard about what happened to you and that guy. He should have never picked on you. And did you know, Josh, that the, the thing was Jack is pretending to be gay? Oh, no. Did you not catch that? Whoa. Okay. Like they never act like acknowledge it, but it's like a thing. Yeah. Like, that's like the elevator pitch. So in the in the first episode, the only reason the Ropers allow Jack to live with two women is because uh, he's pretending to be gay. Everyone knows that he's straight. The only person who thinks he's gay is Roper. Okay. That does make like the Tinkerbell comment. Uh, I was like, that's pretty pointed. For like, because <laughs> like in my notes, I was just like, the first metrosexual question mark? Like, I didn't know that he like he was trying to put one over on everybody. I thought that he was just like kind of a ahead of his time male figure, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. right. But, okay, that makes that makes the whole premise of the show, especially at that time, like the elevator pitch that would get it greenlit and yada yada yada, yeah. make more sense. The next scene. The three of them go back to the Beagle because Jack wants to prove to everyone that he can fight Sailor Man. And (laughs) yeah, the anticipation is like at its peak, you know? Yeah. So they're there and then the guy comes up to him and Janet stops him and she's like, no, 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 let let me talk to the Sailor Man. And Jack's like, fine, but if he does anything, like I'm coming up there. Jack sees Janet and the sailor guy laughing. He tries right. to break it up and he's like, he makes a whole, he makes a whole scene. I love that that was his trigger too. Like, cause he, he wants to be seen as like an able man. Mm-hmm. Sure. Get it. But he also doesn't want conflict. Also understand that. So you think in that character crux, the thing to make you get out of your chair and be like, that's it, I am beating the shit out of this dude, would not be like a chuckle. <laughs> like somehow that's his trigger is that he just hears over his shoulder, Janet go, and he's like, oh, that is it. I won't, I won't have Janet laughing. <laughs> like she's boring. All she cares about is wallpaper and eggs. She's enjoying herself. She's showing a fit of character. I won't stand for it. Like that is. I didn't I didn't understand why that was the thing. And like in IRL, like Chrissy would be like, dude, it was like she had a little gig. Like she LOL'd, like let it ride. Like you would think the writers would come up with like like she gasps at least, or is like, excuse me, or something like that. Even Chrissy's line, she's like, she's like Janet is funny sometimes. <laughs> and you know what? I took that. I wrote that down because I, I was like, okay. I was like, that was directed at me. <laughs> and that's fair. I've been too judgy on Janet. And I did laugh. She had that, uh, she had a, oh, she had that line that was like, John Wayne rides again. And I was, and I laughed. Like you said, Jack is triggered by Janet's yes. laugh. <laughs> and he's like, what's going on here? Makes a scene and the guy's like, whoa, 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 I'm sorry. Just don't get mad. Right. Bye. He leaves. And and when that happened, I thought that was really, I thought Jack had just sold his karate stance so well. (laughs) And that like Sailor Man was so old school 
that if somebody wasn't like in Popeye fisticuffs, he doesn't even know how to deal. So like, I thought he was just scared off by the jujitsu. And I was like, all right, good job. Good, jo- yeah. good job, Jack. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I thought too. And then, um, <laughs> so the the bartender is like, hey, I didn't realize you had a steel plate in your head from when you fought right. in Vietnam. And I was like, Jesus. <laughs> I know. It got really real there. <laughs> yeah. I just like, I feel like there's like two things to unpack here. First, like, what is that lie? Like, who like makes up that lie? And how did that lead to such a laugh line between, the, between Janet and the sailor man? She's like, you don't want to fight him. He's killed thousands of Vietnamese in cold blood, and he's got a metal plate in his head, and he's filled with trauma. <laughs> maybe that's why Jack was like, "Oh, maybe he was. Maybe he was so triggered because he didn't want to be seen as, you know, a mass murderer." Like, I don't know, but, but also, it's very like, strange. The amount of time that Janet was with this man. To tell yes. him that story was probably <laughs> 10 seconds. I know. So she must have been like, so they must have had that chuckle. And then she like grabs him by the collars and she's like, listen here, real quick. <laughs> He's batshit. He will kill us all if you test him. <laughs> I know you haven't seen Platoon yet because it comes out in 15 years. <laughs> but that's what's going down. And he's like, oh, shit, I'm, I'm just a simple, I, I, I'm just, a, I fight fish. I'm just a simple sailor. I can't. <laughs> and also, like, that makes me think that Janet also has a dark side, but that's where she went. Also, for record, Janet is the one who told the Ropers Jack was gay and did not consult oh. Jack, just, like, told okay. them. <laughs> Janet <laughs> is stirring shit up. All of her like, oh, I'm so simple. I just, I only care about the couch today. I don't know what you guys are up to. Now I think she's like Damien or something from The Omen, where it's like she's presenting as like, I'm just an innocent like woman child. But then she's like pulling all these threads to just like make shit sinister. And in the opening credits, she's the one that's like, oops, water on like the hot blonde, you know, like, and, and magically three of them come through the show during her tenure. Oh, now, yeah. now, like, now I'm a hashtag Janet truther. I'm full Janet Anon. This is my oh new my cult. God. Oh my God, I'm you can, sweating. You can, you can make the t-shirts. Make the t-shirts, yeah. Make the t-shirts, yeah, yeah, yeah. Janet yeah. stands. Yeah. <laughs> we stand Jan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally. That's, that's essentially, like, how the episode ends, where they're like, ha ha, he wasn't actually, yeah. oh, well, actually, the guy comes comes back around. And, and that was a great little grace note. Jack ends up going along with the joke because he's afraid <laughs> he's going to get beat up again. So, like, I don't know what the moral of this episode is. <laughs> like, what is what, what message are they trying to portray here? That, like, you men shouldn't be – like, that men – it's okay for men to be cowards, but then, like, I don't know. It did land in an inconclusive spot, especially if you consider – that like the freeze frame at the end of the episode is Jack on the floor looking like an ass and everyone laughing at him. <laughs> like they're like pointing and laughing. They're like, problem solved. This guy sucks. Like that is a weird place to land it. Maybe the message is like, maybe we accidentally stumbled across it. Maybe it's like, 
their writer's PA is not going to be a writer because he had the, uh, you know, paper pitch. Maybe it's that Janet is a Machiavellian uh, presence. Right. This is actually, this is actually a Janet episode. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a dark Janet episode. But it it really does, I guess Jack um, wins, in effect, because he doesn't get beat up and he doesn't have to beat up the dude. So in that case, the moral is like, if you're ever in a pinch, make up a lie about Vietnam. <laughs> like if you were late to your Zoom, Vietnam. Vietnam, like, yeah, steel for, plate. Forgot to, get ketchup, yeah, forgot to get ketchup at the grocery store, steel plate, like you said. Yeah. That was Jack the Giant Killer. Josh, does the show still hold up? Yes, and... No. Oh! <laughs> like you said, it was much less eye-rolly than I thought it was going to be. Not that there wasn't, like, eye-roll moments or jokes that you obviously wouldn't do today. But, like, I found it, the t- like, the experience of watching it was very, like, comfortable. Mm. Um, and it was just like, I was like, oh, this is a vibe. And it's still, it was still genuinely funny, I guess is what I'm saying. Like, I wasn't like, okay, points for you. Like, for 1970, whatever, that was funny. Like, I was actually laughing. And I think there's actually something like hopeful about the threes company relationship where they're all like very like chill and supportive and like honest with each other, except for, I guess, the whole lying about the <laughs> gay thing that I didn't know. So that puts a different, that puts a slightly different read on it. Um, but of course there's other things that are like the, the inverse of that is that like that form of storytelling, the multi-cam, the, but like beats is antiquated in and of itself. Mm. Um, but like, but the messaging, even if they don't totally land it, is much more modern than I would have thought. Because going in, I thought the whole time is going to be like, I'm just one guy that wants to bang two chicks. What am I going to do? How right, am I gonna, right, right. Like, yeah. And I thought the whole thing was going to be like, you can't open a jar or read. You know, like I thought it was going to be like, <laughs> real harsh like I thought it was gonna be like real throwbacky but it was actually like a little bit I would say a lot more forward than that Mm. and so it's kind of like interesting that the Ropers spun off because there must have been a like segment of the audience that was was like we just want to stay with the Ropers (laughs) We, we, (laughs) we don't like it when the man thinks about what it means to be a man and we should be more nice really like joking aside the if we had to put like a pin on the actual message is that like the sailor man sucks right where jack lands his whole conundrum obviously they're not going to solve masculinity on the fifth episode of whatever but like the real the strongest read in the whole episode is don't be this sailor douchebag okay so i know that we throughout the episode your thoughts have changed on janet but before yes. going into it who was like who did who did you think was your favorite character i was really like pleasantly stunned by how great Ritter was. Mm. Like I'd known of him and whatever, but like he just has such like a facile like stage presence and he's selling everything without being too winking naughty. And like he can do the dialogue, but he's also very like physical when he needs to be. Like he, to me, he was really, everyone's doing what they do well. And the, the girls were great too. But like, to me, he was like, delivering the warmth of the Mm -hmm. thing like he was kind of like the bug light that you're drawn to that keeps you buzzing around the show a little bit i agree with you jack is i don't know anyone that doesn't like jack that would be it would be very hard 
to just like Jack. And okay, my last question that I always ask, if you were happened to be on Pluto mm. and <laughs> and three's yes. company. I plan on going. No, I said, no way. I met okay, sorry, I met Pluto the the streaming service because that's the only place that three's company plays. Oh. <laughs> I should have clarified. I thought you were going to like if you were an alien and all you knew of humanity was three's company, what would what would your like take on humanity be? And I was ready to unpack that with you. Wow. No, I love how I, I love how we uncovered your plans to go to outer space though, So <laughs> Yeah, we well we got we might have to get out of here. Who knows? Yeah. yeah like, you know. Pluto um, the streaming service. Yes. Pluto the streaming service that no one goes on, but is the only place that plays three's company. <laughs> if you happen to be on there and saw Three's Company, would you watch the show? Yeah. Now? Yeah. Wow. Because there was um, there was definitely, I, I had questions about, like, where is this all headed? Obviously, it's not, like, it's not lost. It's, like, what's the mythology here? Like, that's not happening. But, like, just, like, I was intrigued by these characters and even, like, some of the themes that this episode was dealing with, like, how much of a man is Jack? I'm, like, I, I was just curious where that all nets out. You know, and I think I think it's cool that you're doing this because I don't know. It's just uh, it's interesting to view as like a piece of entertainment history, but also as like it's strange how relevant it still is. Okay, Josh, that makes me so happy, and I I had so much fun. I feel like this was a good time. I hope you had fun too. I really did. Uh, This it was a treat, and thank you for um, exposing me to the arts. You're so welcome. What a hole in my life that I didn't know that I had not having Three's Company. Like, your life has changed. It's fine. I changed your life. You're welcome. Because 36 hours ago, I was not a Janet truther. And now it is my whole belief system. (laughs) So, you know, ready to be that person. No, thank you. And thank you, everyone, for listening. And please be sure to tune in next week as we talk about Season 1, Episode 6. Thank you.